teaching ministry of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. Join us now as Pastor Joe Petting teaches from the book of 2 Peter, chapter 1. Next, brotherly kindness. Speaking of having love and care for our brothers and sisters in Christ, I believe there's a huge attack on this area of our lives. The enemy loves division. The enemy loves to create havoc. The enemy likes to put a wedge. The enemy loves it when, there's, when the brotherly kindness is not there. And we have to fight for that. Endeavor to keep the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. We're to endeavor. We're to work at it. It's not easy. I remember traveling in the corporate world. And first, one of the first things I would do, no matter what state I was, I would, I would get in the phone book or I'd call information and I'd find out where's the nearest Calvary Chapel. And an awesome thing would take place. I would go to their midweek service if it was a midweek. And typically, that's what it was. I was normally home on the weekends. But there was an instant bond. And I thought, Lord, this is so awesome. There, every single time I can think of, every time, there was never a time that I went into a Calvary chapel, no matter what state, no matter where I was, I'd walk in those doors, I'd introduce myself, and that was just like instant family. Every single time. And I was like, this is weird. These people I've just met, and they're like, they're my closest brothers and sisters. And it's just, there was a bond that took place. That brotherly kindness thing's going on. I remember before I knew the Lord, I wanted to stay as far away from Christians as I could. As soon as I became a believer, that all changed. John says in 1 John 4, 20, if someone says, "I I love God and hates his brother, he's a liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen, how can he love God whom he has not seen? And this commandment we have from him, from the Lord, that he who loves God must love his brother also. So brotherly kindness. Last one here. I know we're going a little slow with these. Um, I just wanted to chew on these because these are important to add. And I pray that most of you just, these are a part of our everyday life as we're going to talk about. The last one, love. This is agape. This is God's love. This is a sacrificial love. This is denying yourself. This is that kind of love that, that puts others first. This is important. I believe he, he put this one last because this is the most important one of all, that we are to love one another. We cannot do that without the Holy Spirit. It's easy to love those that are lovable. We know that. But are we loving those that are not lovable? God gives us a a sacrificial love, a a love that we can be able to love even those that are not lovable. Pastor Chad shared an awesome little story with us today. He was in his house. I believe it was Sunday after church. Was it Sunday after church? And he went into his bedroom there and he opened up the bedroom door 
and there was two turtle doves in his bedroom, inside of his bedroom. I thought, does he take hallucinogens? I don't know. But no, this is real. He said, there's two turtle doves inside of his bedroom. And it was funny when he was telling me this story, I was putting my notes together like, okay, okay. And then he, he had my attention when he said that. So I said, what did you do? He says, well, you know, first he went in there and they were just fluttering all of them, going crazy and they were afraid and scared. And then he said, you know, then he started getting afraid and scared because he was looking, they were coming at him and he was flying like this. And he, so he was all freaked out. He's thinking, what am I going to do? And so he closed the door and they think, I got to get him out of there. So he went back into his bedroom, he said, and he's trying to get him out the window, but they're, they're flying into the wall and falling and stuff. And he's like, oh no, you know. And uh, so finally he opens up the windows all the way because they weren't opened up all the way. He says, check this out. This is so cool. One of the doves starts going out the window, but then it stopped at the windowsill. And it was shaking because it was so afraid. You know, it wanted to get out. But the love that it had for the other one, it wouldn't leave until the other one found its way out. And I'm a guy, and I'm like, wow, that that is precious. (laughs) It truly is. That love, it, you know, they were lovebirds, you know, and the, the, it sat there, even though it was afraid and it was scared and it didn't want to get hit or anything, it was just worried, it, but it waited until the other one found its way and then they both went out. They were both able to get out together. That is so awesome. And as I was putting this together, I'm thinking, and those are birds loving each other sacrificially. How much more for us to love one another? God's love. There's such a power in loving with God's love. This world knows nothing about it. They cannot manufacture agape love. They cannot come up with love. God is love. And it's such a powerful witness when we're able to love those. You know, and I've tried this you know, times in many different times where someone's just belligerent and upset and angry, or they're, you know, and I just start loving them. And they're shocked. Because it's very abnormal. You know, you, you know, a soft answer drives away wrath. And when we're able to, to show God's love and just to be filled with patience and joy and people in the midst of them being upset and angry, it's, it's a powerful thing. So we're to add these things to our faith. For if these things are yours, my question to all of us, are these things ours? Verse 8. And abound. They're not just to be in our lives. They're to abound. You might think of, as you look at this and say, well, yeah, occasionally I can do these things. Occasionally. But but no, it doesn't say that. It says they must, these things should abound in our lives. These things should increase in our lives. But when you do, when these things are a part of your life, you will be neither barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. You will not, you will have a fruitful life. You, you know, to have a fruitful life, you allow these things to be in your life and you'll always be fruitful. Fruit will abound. Verse nine, for he who lacks these things is short-sighted even to blindness and has forgotten that he was cleansed from his old sins. Short-sighted. I believe he's talking about you're not looking into the future. If these don't abound in your life, you're lacking looking into your, you're not living for eternity. You're living for today. 
If you really want to live for eternity, if you, if you want uh, to, you know, if you realize that this time is short, this time is just, you know, temporal, and you're going to go to another place, and what we do here is going to count for all eternity, it should change your life. You shouldn't be short-sighted, or you've forgotten that you were cleansed from your old sins. When I read this, I just stopped, and I thought, Lord... Sometimes we can forget where we come from. And I'm like, Lord, you, you've forgiven me for every sin I've ever committed. May I not f- ever forget that. May I never take that for granted. May none of us here, you know, you, you might be here and you've walked with the Lord for many years. May you not take it for granted where you came from. God has delivered you from sin. He's forgiven you of all your sin. And if you walk in that realization, you know, you hopefully your heart and my heart will be, Lord, I want to add these things to my life. You, you've forgiven me of everything. I, I want to add all this stuff to my life. Help me to walk in this way. Help me not to be short-sighted. Help me to live for all eternity. So the apostle Peter's reminding them, you know, hopefully you haven't forgotten that you've been cleansed from all your sins. Therefore, brethren, verse 10, be even more diligent to make your call and election sure. For if you do these things, you will never stumble. So the apostle Peter again saying, not only you know, will you be fruitful, but if you allow these to be in your life, you'll never stumble. You'll, you'll never trip up. If you, if you add these things, if you continue in these ways, you'll never stumble. Verse 11, for so an entrance will be supplied to you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. You can look at this and say, I know just first time reading this, it's almost as if, okay, it almost looks as if that by your good works, you're going to make it to heaven with a, you know, into the, into, you know, eternity with an abundance of an entry into eternity. But it's, it's not saying that, you know, it's, by these things, you're going to enter into heaven. No, by these things, you're going to have an abundance into the entrance or into the everlasting kingdom. So in other words, I believe it's saying that, that if we allow these things to be a part of our life, we're adding to our faith all these things. When we get to heaven, it's going to be a glorious you know, reunion. It's going to be a glorious time as we enter in. It's going to be something that's just awesome. I wish there was more in the Bible about this. I wish there was more that it talk, you know, to say, what does this mean? What, what kind of an abundance of an entrance are we going to have? What, what does that mean? And I, I can only just with my puny little brain think about, you know, if I don't add to my faith any of these things and I'm born again and I'm saved, it's almost like you're going to make it in and think, oh man, I just made it in. Thank you, Lord. I just barely made it. Did, you sure I made it, Lord? And I'm here, okay. And the difference of that to the difference of, coming in and the Lord saying, well done, thy good and faithful servant. And then when the, you know, the crowns are given and when the, when the, the gift, you know, for, you know, the, the rewards are given out and just, there's, there's rewards and all this stuff takes place. And then we'll be a part of that. I can't even fathom that, but I know one thing I want an abundant entrance into eternity. I don't want to just walk in and say, okay, oh man, yeah, but I guess you, wow, you, oh my, oh yeah, I guess you're on the list. <laughs> yeah, you did make it. How about that? 
Wow, you've made it in. Come on in. Come on. No. The apostle Peter says there can be an abundance. You can enter with, it'll be supplied to you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. For this reason, and don't miss this, verse 12, this is very important. For this reason, I will not neglect to remind you always of these things, though you know and are established in the present truth. Yes, I think it right as long as I am in this tent to stir you up by reminding you, knowing that shortly I must put off my tent just as our Lord Jesus Christ showed me. The Apostle Peter's getting to the end of his life. He's writing this letter and he's saying, I must put off my tent. In other words, I'm going to die just as the Lord showed me. He told me that someone's going to carry me away. I'm going to stretch out my hands and, and I'm going to die. He's going to die a way of crucifixion. He knows that. But he says, I'm not going to stop reminding you of these things. And I could just, as I read this, I think how important is he's, you know, writing this letter and he's saying, I'm, I don't know how much longer I'm going to be here, but I, I believe it's very important that you know these things, that you understand these things, because I don't know how much longer I'm going to be here. But check it out. Verse 15, what he says, he says, moreover, I will be careful to ensure that you always have a reminder of these things after my decease. He's saying, after I'm gone, I'm going to make sure someone's going to continually remind you of these things because that's how important this stuff is. And guess what? He's reminding us now, again, of the importance of these things. Verse 16. For we did not follow cunningly devised fables when we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. For he received from God the Father honor and glory when such a voice came to him from the excellent glory. This is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased is what the father said to Jesus. And we heard this voice which came from heaven when we were with him on the holy mountain. So as the apostle Peter's writing this, he's saying, guys, what I'm telling you I was an eyewitness. I'm not telling you about Jesus you know, w- without even seeing. I, I seen his glory. I was on the Mount of Transfiguration and I seen him. You know what? I think it's good. Let's go to, let's go to that. Let's look at this uh, in Matthew 17. The Mount of Transfiguration. Matthew 17, if you could please turn there with me. Verse one. This story cracks me up every time I look at it. Matthew 17, 1, it says, Now after six days, Jesus took Peter, James, and John, his brother, and led them up on a high mountain by themselves. And he was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun, and his clothes became white as light. And behold, Moses and Elijah appeared to them, talking with him. Then Peter answered and said to Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If you wish, let us make their... Here are three tabernacles, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. So get the picture. 
Peter's up there, James and John, they're up on the Mount of Transfiguration. You know, Jesus is just shining. He's in his glory. Moses and Elijah are there. It's a holy moment and everything. And, and the, the apostle Peter doesn't know what to say. And he says, uh, Lord, it's, it's good for us to be here. And he says, why don't we make three tabernacles and, and, you know, for, for the three of you. And then this is what cracks me up. Then a voice came from heaven and says, this is my beloved son. Hear him. And I believe the Lord was saying, be quiet. Listen to him. And then it says, while he was still speaking, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them. And suddenly a voice came out of the cloud saying, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Hear him. And again, I think he was telling Peter, be quiet. Listen to Jesus. And when the disciples heard it, check this out, they fell on their faces and were greatly afraid. I can't even imagine. Picture that. You're, you're up on the mountain with Jesus. He's transformed before your eyes. He's shining in his glory. All of a sudden, you know that Moses is there. You know it's Moses. You know it's Elijah. You just instantly know it's them. And then you hear a voice. If that's not enough, you're, you're seeing the prophets of old. You're looking at Jesus shining in all his glory. And then you hear a voice from heaven saying, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. And I can't even imagine the, just the, the spiritual thing that, what you're going through, just seeing all this take place before your very eyes. And I believe every one of us would have done the same thing. We probably would have done just as they, they just fell on their faces and they were just greatly afraid, like, what's going on? And they were so afraid. Jesus went to them and he touched them and he said, he tells them, don't be afraid. It's okay. And then they lift up their eyes and now it's only Jesus there. The others disappeared. And then Jesus tells them and commands them. He says, you know, this vision that you just had, he says, don't tell anyone until the son of man has risen from the dead. What an experience. So let's go back again, if we can, to, to our text. So here he's mentioning that to them, saying that he was an eyewitness of his majesty, that he received from God and he heard a voice from heaven, basically saying, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. So he's reminding them that he had this experience, that he heard this voice from heaven. So he was, wasn't able to talk about this until after Jesus rose from the dead. But now he's writing about it and telling them this is what happened. And so verse 19, we have the prophetic word confirmed, which you do well to heed as a light that shines in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star talking about Jesus rises in your hearts. He's saying that we have the word that's alive and that's a light and that it shines in the darkness. It's the prophetic word that you can trust in. And he says, I believe he's talking about, you know, we have this word until Jesus Christ comes again in his second coming. And then verse 20, knowing this first, that no prophecy of scripture is of any private interpretation for prophecy never came by the will of man, but holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. 
So telling them, add your faith these things, increase in all these things. Don't be immature when it comes to your spiritual walk, but also beware of those that'll come in and try to deceive you and say that we have a private interpretation of the scriptures. Don't believe them because there's no private interpretation of the scriptures. So the warning I mentioned uh, last week at mother's market, I, we bought a, two cases of water and the, the guy came out to bring the water out to my car. And I started talking to him about the Lord and found out he was a Jehovah's witness. And so we talked about that and it was, you know, he started talking about the Trinity and who Jesus Christ is. And, and he was just listening. I'm thinking, you know, I'm waiting for him to come back. And he didn't really come back with much of anything. And I says, well, what about this scripture? What about this scripture? And he's like, yeah, I believe that. And I says, well, what about the Trinity? I says, you guys don't believe in the Trinity. And I explained to him what he goes, no, no, I believe what you're saying. I believe in the Trinity. I said, well, good. That's a, that's a good start. I says, okay. And he says, you know, I, I haven't been, you know, studying with the Jehovah's Witnesses that long. He says, but he goes, I really, he says, you know, I'm like what you're telling me. He said, I want to learn more. I was like, awesome. Good. Okay. So last week, after he heard the, the whole thing, he comes up, he says, oh, Pastor Joe, look at, look at this scripture, look at this scripture, look at this scripture, this scripture, this scripture. He's like, and I'm just writing all these down because he he he's been studying this for a long time and he's just great. So I'm, I'm writing all this stuff down. So I take it with me. So I ran into the same guy, bought a case of water. He comes out to the car and he's got his little thing and I'm praying. I'm like, Lord, please open a door, you know, and, and just, you know, kind of just talking to him a little bit. And I started, you know, Kathleen was there. And I just, you know, started talking. I says, you know, the last conversation we had, he says, yeah. And I says, I have a few more things I want to talk to you about. And he says, well, okay. And so I just opened up the scriptures and it was so awesome. You know, he's just reading them. He says, wow. And I says, well, look at this one. He's like, yeah. And I said, would you believe it? He goes, yeah. And he says, well, but there's only one God. And I said, well, yeah, one God, but that word, even that word in the, in the Hebrew is a cod and a cod means even they use that same word, a cod for marriage, the two shall become one, a cod. I says that there's, it means a dual, it's a, it's a dual word. It's not just one, a singular. And then, so we went through that and we were going back and forth and back and forth. And this young guy, he's just, his eyes were just opened up like saucers. And I was just like, yeah, you know, do you believe this? He goes, yeah. He goes, you know, I, I want to talk some more about this. And he's just, he's He's just soaking it all in. And the reason why I bring that up, because, you know, where it says here that there's no private interpretation of scripture there. You don't need to have the watchtower. You don't need to have other books to tell you what the Bible has to say to have special interpretation of the Bible. And as I began in the introduction, I mentioned we use scripture to interpret scripture. And it's so important. And when someone comes to any of us and they try to say, well, you need to read this book to tell you about what the scripture really means, or you need to read this book. No, we don't. We need to read this book right here because it's all in here. And as the apostle Peter is ending his life, as he's not knowing how much longer he has to live. And he's saying, I'm going to shed this tent. I know that I must, you know, I'm going to die. But I want you to beware. So the warning goes out to us. The Lord, help us to be equipped by the power of the Holy Spirit. 
to add any of these things. If we try to do this on our own, it's just not going to work. But if by the Spirit we read this and we say, and I'm telling you, this is, I believe this is so important. If the Apostle Peter said, I, I, I need to remind you of this, even after I die, I'm going to make sure someone's reminding you of, this, of these things. This stuff's very important for all of us. And if we look at this and we read this and say, Lord, I want all this added to me. Help me. He gives us his divine nature to accomplish all these things. He desires that this is added to our lives. Watching him work in a powerful way, increasing in the things that he wants us to increase in. It's become the throne of mercy. It's the sound of our hearts in It's the sound of our hearts Listening to Glory to Glory with Pastor Joe Pettit and Outreach of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. If you would like to enter into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, call now at 714-788-8221. That's 714-788-8221. We'd like to extend an invitation to visit us here at Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. Our address is 16450 Pacific Coast Highway in Huntington Beach, California, 92649. We're located in Peter's Landing Marina in Huntington Harbor. Our service times are Tuesday evenings at 7 p.m. and Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. Now, may we continue to go to His throne of mercy as He changes us from glory to glory. It's become the throne of mercy. It's the sound of our hearts and grace. It's the sound of our hearts.